Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Now, have you taken up a hobby as an adult or at any stage in, in your life? Where do people find enough time uh, to take up hobbies? I barely have enough time to watch the TV, let alone uh, take up a hobby. But I've often thought I'd love a hobby. I just don't know what the hobby is. I'd love to find the time to get a hobby. So I'm looking for your suggestions of a hobby uh, that might work. Don't say knitting because I tried that years ago and I just, I can't do it. But knitting is a thing for an awful lot of people. I was reading a a piece by comedian Bernard O'Shea uh, who said he'd recently started writing poetry. Terrible poetry by his own admission, but poetry nonetheless. And it's known that um, hobbies are supposed to reduce stress and help us flex our creative muscles. Uh, But how many of us really give them uh, any priority? What is your hobby? Have you taken up a hobby? And if so, uh, what is it? Send me a WhatsApp to 087-1400-106. Mary is on the line in Wexford. Mary, what hobby have you taken up? Hi, Adrian. Good afternoon. I've taken up art, um, which to my surprise, I really enjoy uh, because I never uh, felt I was any good at it in school. And um, so I just uh, took it up in lockdown. um, I'm living with early onset Parkinson's and one of the girls also living with Parkinson's decided to give us a... uh, art lessons online and to my surprise I really enjoyed it and then after lockdown then I seeked out classes and uh, my art teacher is a miracle worker so I can recognise what I've done so I really enjoy it I think it's very therapeutic And are you talking about painting or drawing or what type of art? Uh, well I suppose you do a bit of drawing before you uh, watercolours is what I mostly do um, so you might draw some of the sketch bit first and then put the watercolours in so I find it really good. It's uh, instead of watching TV, I do that some nights now. Instead of watching TV, like it passes three or four, two or three or four hours. You don't feel the time going. And you said that um, it's something that you were never good at. Now I would be the exact same. I still draw matchstick men and uh, think I'm an artist, but uh, I can't yeah. imagine myself ever turning my hand I, to I, art because I would think I'd be just too bad at it. Yeah, well, I was the same, Adrian. Uh, like, I'd say my house, uh, when I, I drew when I was seven, was probably the same when I was 27, you know. So I, I felt I could never really improve, but um, just would keep trying and, uh, and have, I suppose, have the interest and have the time, uh, you know, to do some to do it. Uh, um, I just find it really good. And I suppose it's another way of kind of challenging your brain to learn something different and keep your brain active as well. There's another thing, another reason why I do it, but I do really enjoy it. And, um, you know, I, I've, my sisters have their some of my paintings hanging in their house now. So that's what I was about to that. ask you. I was just about to ask you that. Have you have you done any art now that you're proud of and that is on display? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, my sisters have, have um, you know, they've seen some of the stuff and they ask me for it and they have it. Uh, so yeah, and I've given a couple of presents or somebody has admired it and I say, oh sure, take that with you then or whatever you know. So yeah, and people have uh, put it up. I think it's not in a back drawer or anything. So. It's, it mustn't be too bad, any. Okay, so you've now gotten to the stage that you can look at your own art and say, that's actually all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually um, surprised at myself, really surprised. Like, you know, because sometimes I might put it up on WhatsApp, say, can you recognise where this is? And they, they would, you know. So it's Oh, that's a good sign. That's a very good sign. <laughs> All right, stay there. Stay there for one second, Mary, and, and fair play to you. That sounds brilliant. Uh, I don't. I still don't know if I'd be able to master it. But um, Paul is on the line uh, in Dublin. Sorry, Mary, say that again. 
Of course you would, Adrian. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Okay, well, I'll take that advice. Um, Paul is on the line uh, in Dublin. And Paul, you do uh, something that I used to do as a kid, but I I got bored eventually, and that is stamp collecting. Yes, I do. I Like you, I took it up as a kid when uh, I was seven years old. I think my uncle gave me a stamp album and a packet of stamps and said, get started. And I did for a number of years. But like yourself, probably when you get to your teens, you find there are much more interesting things than stamp collecting, mm-hmm. such as girls and rock and roll and dating. And, you know, your adult life takes over. And it did. Uh, and uh, I left the hobby for... I suppose, 30 years. And, uh, but you did did you still keep the collection during that time? I, I did, in a way, in as much as, <laughs> I suppose, being a hoarder by nature, I could never throw away an envelope with a stamp on it. I just tore the stamp off and put it in a shoebox, and oh, I thought, right. maybe I'll go back. <laughs> so you still were collecting stamps subconsciously, basically? Yes, you could say that. <laughs> okay. Yes, it was <laughs> right, very good. back in my mind. But um, So at, at what point did you decide, okay, I'm going back to this now? Well, it was very funny. I, I, 20 or 30 years ago, I got a, a, um, I was running a, a company, very stressful job, chasing sales, trying to meet targets and so forth. And uh, in the evenings, I'd come home, my mind would still be racing. And I, I decided at one point I needed something to distract me from the, the, the worries and stresses of a, of a busy business day. And uh, I happened to come across my old album. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll start reorganizing that. And I was bitten by the bug again and got completely locked into it. So uh, it, uh, I became a, an enthusiastic stamp collector once again. And I'm thinking of, of stamps earlier on uh, and I look at the uh, any mail, which is rare enough, any mail that we get in the post, uh, very little of it actually has a stamp on it. And in fact, you don't even need a stamp now. You can just get a code and write the code on the top right-hand corner of of an envelope. Uh, is it getting more difficult to collect stamps is really what I'm leading to. It, well, it is uh, getting... It, we're in the twilight, I think, of, uh, of, of stamp collecting. Yes. It was, it was uh, I suppose, since the 1950s and 60s and 70s, it was the biggest hobby in the world, the biggest collectible hobby in the world, with people in every single country in the world collecting and swapping stamps mm. and so forth. And uh, it has waned, obviously, since the advent of uh, video games and social media and things like that. But there are still, um, there was an article in the New York Times there recently about the subject, and they reckoned there were still somewhere between 60 and 200 million people worldwide collecting stamps. And ever since uh, China opened up uh, to, to, to capitalism, the new middle class in China have ad- adopted it with enthusiasm. And the Stamp Club of China, the official Stamp Club of China, has over 20 million members. Oh, wow. Okay, so right. Is, so it, it is, is it's still, still a bit, it's still, it's still a thing. Uh, would you know, just finally, Paul, would you know uh, your most valuable stamp? <laughs> well, out of the number of stamps that I have, and uh, I've, I've also spoken to members, I'm president of the Dublin Stamp Society, incidentally, and I've spoken to other members about this. Have they ever you know, got hold of, a, of a, a, an interesting stamp and so forth? And uh, it's not easy to come across a, a, a million dollar stamp 
but uh, certainly there are a lot of stamps uh, running to hundreds or thousands. For example, there's an Irish stamp. Many of us will remember the little uh, Irish stamp with the map of Ireland on it that uh, ran from about the 1920s to 1950s. And at one stage, the uh, post office tried stamp and machines outside post offices, which just, you know, disgorged a stamp if you put a 6P in uh, and you got three tuppenny stamps. And that experiment ran for, I think, a month and was discontinued. But the stamps that came out in the few weeks that the machine was there, uh, for example, the 1935 version of those stamps with no perforations on the side, one was recently sold for 10,000 euros. Okay, so, it, it, so it, you, you didn't really answer my question. Have you got any <laughs> valuable stamp in your collection? Not to that extent. Not to that no. extent. Okay, very good. All right, great to talk to you, uh, Paul. I might, I might uh, get back to my stamp, stamp collecting. And you said you're you're the head of the stamp collecting club, basically. Yes, I'm president of the uh, Dublin Stamp Society, very which good. is a club of uh, of members who collect, and we meet every month and discuss, you know, our our collection. Very good. All right, good to talk to you, Paul. Thanks very much indeed. Um, and we may come back to this a little bit later on. What is your hobby? How much time do you devote to it? And have you any suggestions for me of a hobby that I could actually take up? Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan, weekdays at midday on News Talk.